You're listening to Legends of Thra, a new podcast from Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal Podcast. Welcome to Legends of Thra, a Dark Crystal Podcast brought to you by Trial by Stone, another Dark Crystal Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-host, James Reedy. Hello, everybody. Hello. How are you doing today, James? I'm all right. It's a very miserable day here in the UK. It's very rainy. Is it rainy? Yeah, very, very miserable. But um, how are you? All right? I'm okay. Yeah, it's not. It's cloudy here. It's colder. For us, colder means in the the 50s and 60s. Like, that's our winter, which, you know, we're used to, like, 80s and 90s for the rest of the year. And that all stops at around November, so it's cooler, which is great. I love it. I'm from the Midwest, Chicago, so I like this kind of weather. But, yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. (laughs) Yeah. So you're, you're putting on a jumper when I'd be just like walking around in my sh- shorts and t-shirt if I was For there. Sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, this is summer. Um, yeah. This is probably like 20 degrees Celsius for you. So today we are here to discuss a legendary character from the world of Thra, from the mind of Jim Henson, Jim Henson and Brian Froud. And that character's name is Agra. And this is a character that is a sage, essentially, in the Dark Crystal universe. She is very present in the original film of course she is in so much of the netflix show age of resistance and we felt like she at least needed an episode if not more to kind of dive into her and talk about her and her importance and how she was made and how amazing she is as a character i know she means a lot to me and i also she she means a lot to you as well yeah she's very um she's in everything isn't she whenever they did um any of the expansion like the comics or anything like that i think they realized that she's such a fan favorite and she's so important to the story that she's literally in everything isn't she but what um first uh, experience with her do you remember well that's really difficult because as a kid i don't really i didn't really rem- it sounds bad i didn't really i i knew obviously remembered her but i didn't have as big an impact on me as say some of the other characters like the skexis and that but i just remember just being um I was really thinking weird now as an adult how how ugly and yet so beautiful she is because mm-hmm. she's such a unique looking puppet. No, I, I hear you. She is unique. And to that point, and I've said this before in discussions with you on podcasts and off, when I first saw Agra in the original film, I was thinking, where, where does this lady live? Like, I just, <laughs> like, I completely believed what I was seeing. That's how believable these characters, whether it's the Mystics or the Skeksis, I didn't process in my head that what I was seeing wasn't real. And Agra, the most, because she was so animated, the, uh, Billy Whitlaw did her voice. Everything mm. was just so perfect. I just was like, where does, where is, she didn't scare me at all. She had this kind of mother-like sense, which is, you know, they call her Mother Agra in Age of Resistance. I loved her, but she was also scary too. I mean, the first, <laughs> that first scene, you see her lift her eye up and, um, introduce yeah. yourself to jen that's how you meet agra and, and then I pop remember, it back in yeah what amazing what an amazing special effect that was just oh pop. my god yeah it was that movie oh my god it's it, that effect was amazing but who she was how they brought her to life was incredible and she was living and breathing and her puppet she was puppeteered by frank oz um yep. He did the voice for her on set, and then Billy Whitlock came in and actually did her voice, which, of yeah. course, is now a legend. 
as is Donna Kimball, who stepped right up and became Agra as much as anybody else did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, those behind the I love those behind the scenes um, videos of um, basically Frank Oz doing the Miss Piggy voice with mm-hmm. Agra. It's the weirdest thing to it, say. It's weird, yeah. <laughs> It's like the, it's a combination between Miss Piggy's voice That's and brilliant. Grover. Um, um, <laughs> I love the uh, she. When we get when we see her in the movie, even though Jen uh, is told to go and see her, you're not really sure if she's a good guy or a bad guy. And there's like this really great moment where she's in the castle of the of the Skeksis, and she says, uh, "If you wanted a Gelflin, why didn't you just ask?" Mm-hmm. And I love this idea that she's. It's kind of on that along the lines of that anti-hero trope. It is and it isn't. You just, all the time, you're not sure whether she's actually there to help the Gelfling or whether she is. And I thought that was really great element to add into, um, into the film. Yeah, yeah. She, you don't know where her loyalties lie. Not so much that she was a bad character or a villain, but she just seemed, her motives, her motives seemed mysterious, you know? Yeah. Like, and like that, right when Jen, you know, does the flute and the shard, reveals itself and she's like yes not that you, not that you don't know what to do with it and i remember that scene freaking me out um as a kid because you d- she, she had like want she reminded me of Gollum, where when Gollum yeah, sees yeah, the yeah. ring yeah argus sees the shard and so she kind of like not that she wanted it but she knew how important it was but you're right you didn't really know what she was about which kind of made her a little scary Oh, yeah, 100%. I think what's really weird as well is, like, now that we've seen Age of Resistance, it's kind of changed how I view Augra. So now it's kind of like this... You feel like a... I feel like a sadness to when I see her in the movie now. Because it's like, you think of how much hope she has in the prequel series and how she's trying to save Thra and she's trying her best to put rights to the wrongs that she's done because it's... It's essentially her responsibility to look after the crystal. And she gave it all up. And then when you get to the movie, now she's like, she's just lost all hope. Like when she comes across Jen, she's not really bothered by him. She knows he's a gelfling, but he kind of means nothing to her. She, mm-hmm. It's like she's, she's already tried and been, and she's lost all her hope. And she's just like, oh, you know, yeah, okay, here you go, have some crystals. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, it's up to you, but... I'm I'm almost like she's done with the story, you know? She's yeah, like, like she's totally given up. Yeah, it's it's almost like she's failed in her eyes. Yeah. Um, she had this, you know, in Age of Resistance, she had this big role. She is the mother of of Thra in many ways. She's connected and she failed. And you know, and so when we meet her, we we meet this this character that has lost hope, that's lost um but I also think Jen sparks something in her. You see it in her. Like, what? Wait a minute. What are you doing? Why are you? But the Gelfling are all dead. You know. Um, so there's something there. But she's also like, eh, whatever. Go ahead. Which, <laughs> you know. Um, but what I what I think is interesting in terms of a story point with Agra talking about the first film, which is of course essentially the first film takes place after Age of Resistance. When you meet Agra, or when Jen meets Agra. It's is it's as if she's met other Gelfling looking for the shard. She has mm-hmm. that like, okay, you found it. Now what are you going to do with it? I have plenty of shard. Um, so I think Gelfling have been to her, and she's almost sent them on quests or or have been integral part of this journey, and it's not gone anywhere. And maybe she did that with with Rianne. 
where Rianne came. He had the shard. Um, she sent him on the quest, and it didn't work. And yeah, and the, so you see all of that in her eyes or her eye when we meet her again in in um, the original film. She's just kind of resigned to nothing. Yeah, and I think also maybe with Jen and Kira, she's seeing something that she's not seen before. So with Age of Resistance, she's seen the Gelfling come together as one and and try to proactively defeat Skeksis. Uh, with Jen and Kira, it was like something new that she hadn't seen before. So like with Age of Resistance, the, the Gelfling had all banded together under her guidance to proactively defeat the Skeksis. Whereas Jen and Kira don't really even though they're on a quest, they really haven't got much guidance or direction. You know, mm -hmm. each stage when they meet a new character, that character then propels them onto the next stage of their journey. It's not them actively, we have to beat the Skeksis. It's just, oh, I've been told to do this. This, 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 you know, and that ultimately leads them to say the wall of destiny, where they both realize together that this is their path. This is their path. This is where they, what they have to do. They have mm -hmm. to heal the crystal. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that, Age of Resistance has changed my perception of the movie in a positive way. One thing that still blows my mind, it's such a small thing with Augur, but I just love it, was the fact that when she is reborn in episode 10, she is reborn out of the hunter, and it's actually the hunter's clothing that she's wearing mm -hmm. that, that she's actually wearing in the, in the original movie. I thought that was a genius move. Me too. Was, me too. It was so clever. It's such a simple thing, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's wearing Skeksis clothing. Boom. Suddenly the movie's seen in a different light. I thought it was really clever. Yeah, I thought it was uh, wonderful and mythological. And like, yeah, I, I, that moment and the dialogue were the Skeksis, like, she can barely stand. And she goes, but stand I still. What does she say? But stand I do, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just it's just amazing for sure. But also, I, so this is a question I have is so let me get this right. So when the hunter absorbs Augra's essence, because Augra is Thra, he's, just, he's essentially invincible. And it's only because the, it's only because um, the archer sacrifices himself mm -hmm. that Augur is able to be reborn and the hunter dies. So is that right? In that the hunter is, is, is because he says, you know, I'm, I'm as powerful as Thra. No one can stop the hunt. So it's almost like he's imbued with the strength. You know, he, he's, a, he's absorbed what Augur feels on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe that could be right. I never even actually processed it that way. I mean, I, I just know that obviously he became in, during that whole sequence is he's a bit terrifying. He's invincible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're like, what the, and you know, the, what he's doing, how he puts his hand on, Je on Rianne's head and yeah. how he's treating the Gelfling. It's scary. It's freaky. Yeah. Like what is about to happen right now? The archer, Irva, mm. can sense it, can sense that this is very dangerous. And the only way to yeah. fix this is for me to, to give Something's up. wrong. Yeah. Something's yeah. wrong. Balance, there's unbalance. And I thought, I, um, yeah, go like that Thra was going to, have its way at, at the same time like Thra needs its own balance and that is also Agra. Thra had to bring her back. Agra isn't just this creature that was born from a mother. Agra is born of the earth. She is yeah. mother earth. She is mother Thra. 
she was born from i mean there's a whole mythology behind her in terms of her being born from the rocks um if you read that book um where is it creation myths isn't that yeah that or the world of the dark crystal a lot of that's an augur's voice her talking about her birth and her place in the universe so what was going on i think in terms of her rebirth from the body of um is very much yes it's erva saying i need to kind of do this but it's also thra saying but we need to we need to bring ourselves back from this and so then Mm. here comes augra back on the scene again and she literally takes on the clothes of her enemy um and then reshapes it it's pretty amazing yeah a hundred percent i really um i think one of her standout moments in age of resistance is when she goes to see um the skexis uh in their castle as they're about to drain uh brea and there's so much she, she they brought they brought such a um a few different elements that we hadn't seen from um the original movie she's so powerful in that mo- moment mm-hmm. no you've got all these skexis who are who have taken the castle they've taken the crystal and she's not remotely bothered by them she knows that they won't harm her they can't harm her and you know she has that lovely that lovely line where she says you know um the crystal cannot take my essence it has to be given willingly yeah that whole scene with her sacrifice is brilliant there's like a great moment as well where the emperor leans in and he says uh i accept your terms and he's really he's really towering over her and he's trying to like you know you know put put himself on top of her and she's just like very well oh very good she says and just accepts it and she's not remotely bothered by him she's like you can be a bully all your life that's all you are you're nothing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah she can really um uh stop them in their tracks like they can say whatever but they know who she is and they can ban her from the castle but they know she's powerful and i what i do love about uh in terms of the writing of agra and the character building is you know in the beginning in the first episode you hear you know sigourney weaver's voiceover talking about how the the gelfling are her favorite of the creatures of thra the gelfling are her favorite and Mm. she comes to the castle to sacrifice it's very kind of like that christ-like i'm sacrificing my life for you i'm laying down yeah 100 to save you you know but it's a flip because it's uh, more of a female entity um but it's yeah and it's really this wonderful amazing she has tenderness to her which i think is really great because she's a gruff rough character even you know most of the show she's like what what come on legs you know like she's she's all over the place she's so like and she's trying to hear thra and she can't she's getting angry but then there's moments where she heals the little pluffum um yeah where she's talking to the gelfling there's also moments where she's very rough with the gelfling too you know and not mm. rough in a beating him up but like hey no this is you don't belong here like with celadon and when they're in the, the the dream space around the like she's very like this is the reality here we are she is not afraid of the truth but she's also very tender and i thought it was such a really wonderful balance because if you talk about like because i can get into the philosophy of it like if there's a god and you know like what an, an divine intelligence might be the only thing you can really know from it is it's love um and agra but it also has requests and 
pushes you to be more than you are and can't always hold your hand and Augur embodies all of that. It's just amazing. Yeah, 100%. I think to convey that across, the person I think that's most responsible for that is Donna Kimball. Mm-hmm. Like to take on, because Billy Whitelaw gave such a unique performance with Augur in the movie and to take on that role and then totally own that role was incredible to see. Like there's a moment where she goes in and she first sees the, the auger first sees the crystal has become darkened. And she's like, she's, she says, oh, my heart. And it, there's so much pain in Donna's voice. It just kills me every time I see it. Because in that one instant, everything that you saw in that intro where the Skeksis have tricked her and she's given up the crystal and she's trying, you know, she's, she's in awe of the universe that's, that her eyes are open to. There's so much regret in Donna's voice when she says, my heart. And it's, she's just incredible. She's just absolutely yeah. incredible. And it's the heart, that one of the hardest voices to do. And to think, and I swear I read online that, Donna just was when they were in LA. Uh, she was part of the read through, and as they were, as she was re- reading it through, they realized how good she was, and that's how she got the part. Yeah, it was uh, by chance. I mean, she has been working for Henson for a long, long, long time mm. with trivia. So, in I think it was Spider Man Two with Doc Ock. Yeah, um, yeah. She was one of the puppeteers of of uh, the arm, the tentacles, and it tentacles, of, it? tentacles of, yeah, of Doc Ock. So. Donna's been doing in doing what she's doing in her career for years and years and years and years. And I remember much like the Skeksis, because obviously when AOR was building up before it was released and they were releasing lots of photos at this point, um, you and I and other people were having just like, what's her voice going to be like? Cause yeah. You, how do you, it was a, how do you, it's a deal break. It's a deal breaker. Isn't it is it? a because big deal breaker of, of even though they changed a lot of the, you know, all the voice actors are new on age of resistance. But every single one of us were like, if any any of them have got to be the same, it has to be Augra. Yeah, has to be. It'll pull you right out if it's someone with the, the pitch is a little bit different. Or, and we've seen that. I mean, even though we noticed difference with um, Skektek, which yeah. was voiced by by Mark Hamill, and he did a great job. But there was some change, some differences in his performance from the first half to the second, but they're kind of minor. I mean, he goes to a bit of a lower pitch, like he was tired or something, but it was kind of minor because it, the show was so amazing that we're like, it's okay, we buy it. But yeah. Agra, Agra, like, I just remember, I, I met Donna before I had heard Agra's. I met her at the Henson Company um, with my friend Phil, who runs this larger podcast, Trial by Stone. Um, and I had not heard her voice at this point, her <laughs> auger voice. And I we were standing there talking there on the set of um, that show she does for Netflix. It's like a virtual puppet show. Um, the me party or no. Um, no, I know what you mean. It's with all the, it's like an elephants and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's kids. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. So word party, we, word party. Word party. Um, so we meet her and she's like, she has a rig there and everything. And we're talking to her and it was just wonderful to meet her. The kindest, kindest person. Um, but again, I don't, and I kind of wanted her to do the voice. And, and <laughs> do I know the that, voice, do the voice, do know, the voice. But everything at this point was really, really under wraps. Henson was just amazing. And they gave Phil and I um, 
just this wonderful tour of their facilities. We met some of the actors and some of the writers, but Donna Kimball was a highlight. Um, and then like having and met her- and, and, her norm, and her normal speaking voice is completely yes. different. It is completely different. It's like, it's just this, you know, beautiful female voice, you know, um, but Agra is this, you know, raspy. And she talks about that in the show and the behind the scenes. Like or on an interview that I did with her with Phil um, about getting that voice and what that took and how it was a lot of she couldn't go for more than like a certain amount of hours without a break because her voice needed a break. But she channeled Billy Whitlaw. Um, but more than that, she channeled Agra and she became that character. And that is impossible to do. It is impossible 100%. to do what she did as much as and we can probably have our own. Um, episode about the chamberlain what um, <laughs> yeah what well, simon peg did simon, simon peg yeah amazing. what he did was impossible and he did it he recreated yeah. that voice and it is that that is the chamberlain there is no mistaking who that is in terms of looks but more importantly in terms of voice and in terms of donna kimball like she sold it and then again a little bit of a trivia she sent me a video in 2020 in Augur's voice saying happy birthday. Um, oh, that's mega cool. Oh, and, and it I'm was, not jealous much. <laughs> and, she, and she had the little, I didn't see her face at all. And she had Augur's little puppet. That's wicked. Oh, it was just like, yeah, you couldn't, like, I, I couldn't, like, I'm getting like goosebumps right now just thinking about well, it. Well, I remember with the lead up to the lead up to the show, there'd been nothing really shown of Augur. There was no, there was no promo and a lot of the promo photos. I don't think Augur was featured. Um, and then when that first trailer drops uh, and it's got Deet singing in the background and we see Augur come over the hill with the, the three sons of Thra in the background. I was just like, oh my God, she looks amazing. She looks like Augur. And then you hear, because it's, it, it's Donna's voice over the trailer. Um, and I think she says, and I see many paths lay before me, some good, some bad. Instantly, I was in. I was like, yep, yep, yep I'm there. Yep, I'm ready for this. Yeah, um, yeah it was pretty, pretty amazing. And but I, mean, I thought it was really lot... cool because there's a okay. lot of, you know, there's a lot of people, that, a lot of people have to bring to bring Augur to life. But I thought what was really cool was um, for the scenes where, uh, you know, when Augur um, tries to summon the dream space and we see her with the cane and she's doing all these really cool movements. They got this um, uh, martial arts expert called, I hope I pronounced this right, C Cecily Fay. And um, to do that specifically, and she's all about body art and, 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 um, and uh, full body performance. And all. I thought that was really in keeping with the sort of, actors that they had for the original movie with the mystics because they were all we like we said before they're all full body performers they're all circus and all this and i thought it was really cool that they got someone like that to do those you know to do that movement to add to that realism that she is a a, a living breathing character person she's not just you know a puppet yeah and this again to to your point the sculpt on her for age of resistance she mm. obviously looks that's a big thing too like they could have had the right voice they could have had the right costume if she would have looked a little bit too different we'd have been like 
she's there's something wrong with her there's something not right with her we could yeah say, oh yeah it was okay she was okay but there was just some they didn't there was none of that that sculpt was just perfect just mm. absolutely perfect i mean and, only... and the fact that and the fact that 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 costume with the sort of yellow and black stripes was straight out of the world of the dark crystal yes yes which i thought was genius pure using brian's original concept art and that beautiful you know the mystic sand swirl that he does in the original movie that's imprinted on the back of her yes. cloak and it was just amazing i mean the people that put that together is absolutely stunning i yeah. got to when, when i went down to um they did a exhibition in london at the bfi and they had augra right at the front as you came in I the whole the, <laughs> the whole pu the whole puppet encapsulated in glass and she was just there in front of me and it was like it was quite surreal because you say so, because you get emotionally attached to these characters like growing up with them you like they're like a part of you aren't they like oh whenever you watch any films your favorite films are, are pieces of you and your emotions are attached to them and stuff and seeing her in that glass it was just incredible and to getting up close like the the stuff that they put on these puppets that you'll never even like she's got like individual chin hairs that you wouldn't even notice mm -hmm. in the in the show and yet they're there and they would have had to be individually punched into the latex and she was just incredible absolutely beautiful puppet yeah and like yeah. you said didn't she looked she looked exactly as she did in the film exactly mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the fact that they brought in that element of the third eye and actually had that as a special effect rather than before. It was always closed, wasn't it? It was almost like, um, I suppose it's representative of the fact she can't use her powers anymore. So it's kind of like it becomes like a scar, doesn't it, really, her third eye in the film. But to actually have that open up and have that as a special effect, I thought that was really cool as well. Yeah, it was just brilliant. I mean, I, there's nothing, the only criticism I might have for augra in age of resistance is some of the puppet work of her seemed a little bit off like obviously in terms of as we talk about her as a puppet there are times when someone's arm kevin clash's arm Kev yeah kevin clash um, for the yeah. most part he's operating her so he's got his arm up in her and he's talking um but it's done in just an incredible way like kevin clashes as we know is an amazing performer he was supposed to have worked on the original dark crystal you know back in the day but there was just a schedule conflict or something and he couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, he, he actually chose not to do it, I do believe. When he first came on, Jim was in the middle of production for it and he chose, I think he, I swear it said in the behind the scenes, he chose not to do it and his first proper production was Labyrinth, I think. Yeah, but then years later, he was like, I should have done I should have done it. <laughs> yeah, regret set in. I should have done it. Of course, you know, Henson and company bring him back for age of resistance which i think was a really great thing um the only my only drawback is way she walked some she wasn't um sometimes she would walk she would hobble and then sometimes she wouldn't and sometimes it would look like very puppety and then sometimes it wouldn't so there wasn't i it could have been a little bit finer tuned and i think but augra is complicated whereas sometimes it's someone in a full suit as we see when she's dancing Sometimes yep. it's it's someone with her arm and their other arm, one arm in her hand and the other arm up her, you know, talking with her. And yes. They're they're up from the bottom, manipulating her. So there's there's many facets to her, and then then you have someone manipulating her other arm. 
so that she can come to to life. Yeah, I do believe she was. She was. Uh, Kevin Clash was assisted by um, uh, Kat Smee on this, who's an amazing uh, puppeteer, and a lot of times it's people call for her to be assisted on. So, yeah, yeah. and a little bit of trivia. So when they do some, there's a video that Agra that they record with Agra for a game. I, I can't remember if it was that game that um, was released for the Switch. But yeah, it was. It was that game. Yeah, you're right. Donna Kimball, that was shot in L.A., and Donna Kimball was up puppeteering her other arm. So she was able oh, to... Oh, she got to do it. Yeah. That's great. That's meet. cool. I hope um, for if they come back to Age of Resistance, if they finish the story, which it needs to, and we'll always say that, I hope Donna Kimball this time can puppeteer Agra fully. Herself. 100%. Uh, if anything... She should have been on it from the start. I that's my personal view. I think I think she was she's from what I've seen. I've you know I've never I haven't met her, but she seems like such a lovely person, and her you know her puppeteering knowledge and her skills. She should have been on it. That's that's what I believe anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I think Kevin Clash is amazing, and you know we know him from Elmo, and uh, he's puppeteered quite a bit. He's also puppeteering a couple of the Skeksis in Age of Resistance as well, or at least one mm. of them, right? Yeah, he's the general. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, Skekvar, the general. Yeah, and has nothing to but do. My, with but my him. favorite one of his favorite character of his has got to be Baby Sinclair from Dinosaurs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not the mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's again, he's amazing. We're not, we're not. But I think that Agra could stand to use a female performer um, to mm. really bring her out and and just kind of. Uh, standardize her a little bit more but it's minor again when you love something you can talk about things that might maybe not work when you love something as much as we love this so i think we spoke about this before i think the problem the difficulty that you have as well as a fan is like when you think about the movie you know augura probably has four or five scenes so you know that see those scenes inside out right you know how she's meant to move then when you get to a point where it's like age of resistance where these characters are getting you know, minutes and nearly hours of being on screen and they're bringing in new elements, it sometimes clashes with your fan head about how she should move. So, like, when you see her dancing and she's doing that, you know, the silly hoo-hoo-hoo, she's, like, running past in the background, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But then it's just because it's something new. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm fine and with that. That's, and something you're not used to. That's Dream Space too. So there's a little bit more creativity. There's a little bit more mm. freedom in Dream Space, where Agra yeah. can be a little bit more released. Um, yeah. That's where she dwells in some ways, is in Dream Space. Um, and I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think there's so much ownership when it comes to the fans. We grow up with this stuff. We live with it. It's been in. It's been in our hearts since we were kids. So there is ownership of it. Um, yeah, true. Whether for lack of, for for better or for worse, um, there's ownership to these characters, and so when we see something new, we have to kind of give it space. But honestly, so much of AOR was new, but they were so respectful. Yeah, respectful. The, uh, uh, yeah, source material. Not just respectful. And I don't think, and it, I don't think it's ever been done. I, I think I think we've said this before. It, it's the first time I've watched a prequel, and I'm so glad it happened with Dark Crystal, where. Everything felt right. Yeah. Everything felt natural. Everything felt like it belonged. Nothing, the, the box that, and, or the pit that they were allowed to play in, it didn't feel like they broke the law to make things work. It felt like they went, hang on, no, this is the, what we have to play within. And 
they'll push the boundaries a little bit, but it wasn't to the point where I didn't recognize anyone. Again, this show was impossible, what they did. Um, with the time that they were given, with the budget that they were given, how perfect it was, how the, in terms of the continuity, you can, I, and I mistake, I can see pictures of the Skeksis from AOR and I have to remember, I have to, for a second, I, I'm like, is this from the original or is this from AOR? That's how good <laughs> this is. And yeah. I am, I mean, I'm passionately critical of things that I love. I love the Dark Crystal as my heart and soul. Um, and it, it, it lives and breathes in me every single day. Yeah, you want to make sure that the people who whose hands it are in, including the Hensons, Jim is gone. Frank Oz was not involved. The only people who are involved from the original, essentially, is Louise Gold and the Frouds. You know, yeah. Brian and Wendy. But you, mm -hmm. it's, you're scared that they're going to take something that that is so important to you, that is such a big piece of your heart, and they're going to be like, essentially, ruin it. That's always, mm. and it happens over and over and over and over in the Hollywood system, in the studio system, where they're trying to, you know, I mean, look at the Star Wars sequels. It's just, they're like, well, let's just recreate something we've seen before and call it Star Wars and call it a day. And that's what they did. And they a soft, tore, a soft, a soft reboot. Yeah. And they tore the fan, they tore the fan base asunder. They tore it apart because they weren't really paying attention. But with I mean, Age of Resistance, you had 10 hours of a show where everyone was paying attention. From the writers to the creators to the puppeteers to the set builders everyone knew how important this was i mean frank oz himself came out and said he thought the show the series was wonderful i mean i don't know i don't know what higher praise you need yeah i mean because frank not only did he um perform the chamberlain and, and perform augra uh, amongst other characters he also co-directed it with jim henson mm -hmm. so this guy you know this guy is dark crystal and for him to come out and say that he loved the show is a, a, a massive compliment. And everybody involved, we said it loads of times, everybody involved with Age of Resistance should be really, really proud of what they've made because as fans, we couldn't have asked for a better series. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know many fandoms where the whole fandom is just pure appreciation. Uh, you know, so many, so many fandoms now like Star Wars and Harry Potter and that, you know, they're split in two. They don't agree with what's been done. And mm -hmm. the fact that the, the, the movie or the, the um, story that I love the most, the fandom is completely unified. It just makes our experience as fans even better. Yeah. And there could have been, there could have been so much wrong with, there could, it could have gone so wrong. Even with 10 episodes, you could have had two episodes that were like, all right, man, that was terrible. That word yeah, that was well, dumb. Some you of know? it was Shakespearean. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But... And just, uh, uh, and I mean, in terms of like, again, taking this back to Agra and her performance and how she lived and breathed the show, Agra is the central, is a central character. She's the heart of Thra. Um, mm. And she's the heart of the show. And she's the, the, the character that all of these other characters are kind of walking around getting their, you know, the Gelflings are certainly going to her. Like they're seeing her in books. They're hearing from her. They're seeing her in dream in, in the dream world or what do they call that dream space. Um, yeah. And just that they were so successful with bringing her back is man hats off to them. Yeah. hundred percent. I remember watching when we watched the series for the first time and you know, they, that whole first episode, they keep talking about her and I was like, where is she? Come on, I need to see her. I need to see her. And then episode two just opens where they're laying on that on that platform in the orrery. 
um yeah i was so related to see her back and i think um uh, and that that element which was different from the movie so in the original movie the orrery itself is fully realized it's a practical set yeah that whole thing was metal and rotating and you see that um there's some amazing behind the scenes footage where you've got frank Oz and his assistants like uh dave barkley um performing augra um uh in the orrery and then he's trying to do his lines and then suddenly out of nowhere it starts it's coming like a planet's coming towards him and he's struggling like hell to get out the way of it like there's no way they would have uh, they would have been able to do that on age of resistance like yeah, that's, that that's a health and health and safety nightmare yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean just the the level of the amount of money it would have cost to really build that again is, yeah I mean, probably would have been plastic too and not metal and but um, the, the 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 amazing um special um cgi from double negative when i saw the ori i couldn't tell whether if it was practical or not it's so detailed yeah um it's incredible it you know it didn't have to be done practically which is yeah, yeah. i know that's sacrilege in 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 this in the puppet well show, it makes sense too it makes because, sense yeah because they're only you're, you're only in her that that orrery for like a couple of scenes and we never go to it again um yeah so, yeah uh, true. but i i one thing I, I i do remember like in terms of agra's world and of course when we meet her we meet her eye first her hand holding <laughs> her eye and then she's like drop them and the, the, all those vines drop jen and she's like bouge 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 and she's walking with her like big leg slash <laughs> butt like walking towards and she goes she got a big kid. booty i know she does <laughs> And she's walking and she kind of disappears and Jen's like, Agra, Agra. And then you see this, he walks into the, the cave and then all of a sudden, you know, the doors open and that music and the orrery yeah. and... You're in her world and they just really conjure this otherworldly place, unlike anything i've seen before i mean there's a little bit of flight of the navigator in there you kind of feel similar um but just in a different way and uh i mean that's our introduction to agra and who she is mm. and her importance in the scheme of things in the story of the gelfling on thra and it was pretty awesome yeah and i think um the thing is that i always remember is like there's moments in that ori where it transitions so from frank Oz doing the puppeteering to mike edmonds um the small actor who's fully in the in an augra costume you know when she walks around to give him this box of shards there's a bit where it's a big wide shot and you can see him walking but you don't at any point pull out i never at any point did i go oh that's a guy in a costume you just see it as augra like you accept yeah. it you don't you don't you know you don't feel any disconnect yeah. at all and part of that is their attention to detail they had needed to make sure that the costume on a smaller actor looks like the costume the puppet costume, which is a little bit larger. Um, mm. So they have to make sure that, and they do that with the Skeksis too, which we talked about in our last episode, yeah, in terms yeah. of having smaller actors in the Skeksis costume for the wider shots in the Crystal Chamber. And so all of those costumes have to look exactly the same as the bigger puppeteered ones. It's for us to believe that these are the same characters. And they did, and it, they pulled it off. Yeah, and I think um, she's such a wonderfully, wonderful multifaceted um character like a lot of the comic relief from the movie and the series itself 
uh, comes from Augra. You know, there's, she yes. has, you know, when when she sits down, she does that. You know, it's it, it makes you laugh. It makes me laugh every time I see it in the film. And then you know, we get you go to the series, and there's the bit in the baths where she pulls her eye out, and she's putting the eye under the water, and she's checking out the scroll keeper's junk. You know, it's just. It just makes me chuckle every time. But it's again, it's not out of place. It's it's the right amount. Like what Jim tried to do on the original, it's not Muppet humour, you know? It's kind of adult humour, but more sophisticated. It's yeah. Not just, it's not just Kermit doing slapstick, you know? Yeah. And things can be funny. I think Agra is funny, not because she's trying to be funny, but she's just being herself. Mm. Things can be funny that aren't, really meant to be funny but that's just kind of like life like sometimes you're doing something and you just start laughing because you're like what are you doing this is ridiculous you know what i mean yeah. even though it's not yeah. technically funny and that's who agra is like she's funny because she's herself she's funny because she's she also doesn't take herself that seriously even though she's this wizened old thing that lives on thra she also uh yeah jokes jokes about herself and she's like oh you know um like and she's just funny as who she is, which I think is great. Yeah. And I think when you get to the movie as well, like the only difference is really between the two, I'd say between Age of Resistance and the film is like, she's a bit more mad in the movie. She's a bit like a bit of a crazy old bat. Whereas she's far more um, composed, I think, in Age of Resistance. But like I said, the, the time period between the two, it's a natural progression and it doesn't feel out of place. It was the same, I think, with the... Um, I felt the same way about the Skeksis. Like, I didn't mention this last week, I should have done, but, like, you know, in Age of Resistance, the Skeksis are talking a hell of a lot more. There's a lot more dialogue, you know, and that's representative of modern filmmaking. But when you get to the film, you know, this is meant to be, like, hundreds of years later. Like, they don't talk a lot to each other. And I think if you'd been around each other for a thousand years, you really wouldn't have that much to talk about anyway. <laughs> you'd be kind of sick... Yeah. of each other so it just felt it just felt natural yeah for sure um and to that point Agra's talking she didn't feel like i don't feel like she was talking too much she talked enough she she observed enough she she was she was just perfect they just gave her the perfect amount of things to do and things to say yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 completely agree well um, I think we should probably wrap there. I mean, we'll probably come back to Agra. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll have Donna Kimball on the show at some point again. Um, but there's always so much to talk about. Again, this world is so rich and multifaceted and detailed and everything that we've always said and so much work into the minutia of the costume. Like Agra's costume alone is a conversation, you know, just in terms of her costume. Oh, hundred percent. What the, what the, the symbol means um on her, on the original dress that she's wearing when we first see her in age of resistance there's just so much and we'll probably connect back to it as we discuss the gelflings and certain characters and their relationship to her um we'll, we'll probably come back around to her but was it's, it's definitely like she is one of my favorite characters of all time in a movie yeah i think because she's just so against the grain isn't she when you look at everything else in hollywood a lot of women are sort of like it, it, the present is beautiful and stuff. And yet Augur is this really ugly looking character. And yet she's still beautiful. Yes. She's just so against everything else, you know? Yeah. And sure. uh, yeah, she's just brilliant. isn't she, I, 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 I the, the wetter statue was amazing. I had, as soon as they released that, I was like, I've got to have that. 
Yeah, I've seen that. The I haven't seen details that on that were incredible. The yeah. details were incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, but everyone, yeah. thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back in April, or this is April. We'll be back in May for <laughs> our, our next episode of Legends of Thra. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care. Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast, is a production of Three Point Edit. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, visit our website at www.darkcrystalpodcast.com. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone.